0: bulletproof radio a state of high performance
1: you're listening to bulletproof radio with dave asprey what if there was a way to level up your energy get rid of stress and take more control of your body welcome to quantum upgrade You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial.
2: Today's cool fact of the day is that Your eyes are always the same size they were when you were born, but your nose and your ears never stop growing, thanks to collagen synthesis.
1: What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave 15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use.
2: Today's podcast, we've got Jason and Mira Calton, authors of Naked Calories, which is a fantastic book that they're re-releasing in October of 2013. You've heard Jason and Mira on the show before. They're some of my favorite people to talk with because they've got like a powerful story. Jason's a Harvard and Yale med school trained nutritionist, and pretty good credentials there. Mira's a licensed nutritionist, a fitness chef, and an expert in integrative health. But these crazy people traveled around the earth to all sorts of strange places and lived with and ate native foods from a variety of societies for multiple years. I've had the great fortune of sitting down with them in person many times and gotten to know them. And they have great research and a really powerful story. Like they've lived it instead of sitting in an ivory tower and sort of thinking about it, looking at epidemiology and everything else. So Jason and Mira, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dave.
3: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
2: Oh, you got it. Last time you were on, we talked about rich food, poor food, and- why are you re-releasing Naked Calories? I mean, it was already a pretty profound book in the first place.
3: Yeah, well, this is what happened. Richard food got really, really popular, and people started to um, really just love the way it looked, love the way it felt, love the way that it was presented. And so we started getting a whole bunch of people writing us and saying, "You know, did you write anything else?" We're like, "Well, yeah, we, we wrote Naked Calories," and then they would read Naked Calories, and we get a lot of. Weird emails, back saying it doesn't look like the other one. It doesn't feel like the other one. And what am I supposed to do with all the facts in it? It's just full of facts, which is kind of shocking to hear. But people really wanted us to create it into a program or to tell them why the facts were important. And so that's exactly what we did. We rewrote it as a three-step plan to micronutrient sufficiency, and then we remodeled it. To look a lot more and be a lot more user friendly, like Richard poor food, and then we added in a whole bunch of new studies, just because, well, you know, it's no fun to give the same old studies all
2: the time. <laughs> yeah, talking about just studies can get sort of repetitious and boring uh, at a certain point. So, all right, so so you turned it into a plan, which I actually liked uh, when I when I went through it. It almost doesn't feel like the same book, but it had some of the same info in it. Uh, one of my favorite statistics was something that you guys dug up, and I'm forgetting whether it was 14 or 28,000 calories of the standard American diet to be micronutrient sufficient. Do you guys remember off the top of your head which one you discovered in that? Absolutely.
4: 27,575. I'll remember that number to the day I die.
3: That was actually um, from a research paper that, that Jason did, uh, we did a while back, and that's actually one of the places that we added more information.
2: Oh, lovely. It's uh that's probably your ATM pin code, Jason, so it <laughs> yeah. probably should be.
3: It if it was.
2: It's really funny because of all the uh, all the the different nutritionists that I've had a chance to talk to, I think you guys hit it really hard because of the way you went around and lived in these different countries. How did you do that? It, it's part of the story that's in your writing, but for our listeners how did you possibly manage to go and live and, and spend time eating all these native foods and and seeing how local cultures did things in areas where most most people never get a chance to go?
4: Well, you know when we re, you know so for the people who don't know, we spent a long time about a year and a half to two years working to reverse mirror's advanced osteoporosis using. A micronutrient method rather than the typical macronutrient philosophy that most nutritionists deal with. So yeah, we looked at her carbs, fats, proteins, and we tend to lean very much towards a low ketogenic style uh, fat or high-fat diet. But having said that, we needed to put those micronutrients into it. And after reversing her mass osteoporosis, we said, you know, let's kind of get out of the medical books and all these these studies trying to tell us what's healthy and what's not, because Medical science had, in our estimation, had a lot of things backwards. I mean, cholesterol is a good example of what they thought they used to know, and now we're starting to realize they didn't know anything about. And so we said, let's do something like a Weston A. Price. I mean, we have the opportunity. Let's go travel around the world. Let's live with these remote tribes. Let's see what they eat. Let's sit with them. Let's talk with them. And let's just observe them. Let's not try to tell them what we think. Let's just watch them and write it all down and get an idea of what a healthy lifestyle looks like. I mean, when people are walking around and they don't have body fat and they don't have heart disease and they don't have diabetes and they've never heard of the word cancer and they're eating in a specific way and they're living in a specific way, I think there's a lot that we can learn about what they're doing so that we can come back here to America and say, hey, wait a minute, if we want to live like this too, if we want to get rid of these diseases, if we want to be more bulletproof, we better start to think about what we're eating and how we're living, and, and we thought that we'd be able to apply some of our findings in our book, Naked Calories, and that's exactly what we did do.
2: I guess it, it is a better title than Weston A. Price 2.0, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <it> probably. <laughs> Especially
3: is. for that foundation. I don't think they would have liked that very much.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, for people listening who haven't heard of Weston A. Price, um, Weston A. Price wrote a book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration more than 50 years ago about what happens when you introduce Western processed foods to people who are otherwise healthy. And Weston A. Price's work uh, foreshadowed a lot of the epigenetic things we're discovering today about how your food changes gene expression and how it's inheritable. And that's something that I wrote about in the Better Baby book as well, and something that you guys reference in your books. So I I do think you you are the modern equivalent of Weston A. Price in that you really did go around to a hundred countries and look at these things many years after the, that original, you know, early cultural anthropology kind of work was done. So, uh, hats off to you guys for just spending that many years doing it. And the stories.
3: Thanks. We're actually going to, we've been, we've been pushed now to um, start doing a lot more with that research. So, if people are interested, we're going to start doing a, um, I think probably weekly or bi-weekly um, video sort of segment in our blog. We're actually going to show one of the pictures or a few of the pictures from a different region, explain what we witnessed there, and then talk a little bit more about how that pertains or what the lesson is that we can take away from that, that group or that culture to bring back to our nutrition here. So we are going to be doing more with it because I think it really kind of gets people really excited to see how other people are living. We'll yeah. learn.
4: Our friend Jeffrey Smith, we all know Jeffrey Smith. Oh, yeah. Uh, non GMO and, and, you he's know. He's
3: making us do it.
4: He really <laughs> just falls in love with the Colton Project and he's like, you guys gotta get this out there.
3: So much so that he's organized the whole thought process out of this. He's really, really jived.
4: Yeah, so we're, we're going to be starting with the remote tribes, and, and the way that we did the research is we we lived with the remote tribes for a period of time, and really you know got a good feeling for for how we thought that they were living and what they were doing, um, and then we moved to the semi remote, and what that was able to do is do a compare contrast pretty pretty quickly and efficiently to see what things had changed in that semi remote area, um, and then you know we can then kind of contribute that to. What it is that, or attribute that to, what it is that's happening to them uh, physically, as far as diseases and you know uh, lifestyle diseases and health conditions. And then we went to the urban areas, and of course, in the urban areas, whether it's China or India or the Middle East, what have you, or America, (laughs) you know, where we have the most knowledge, we have the most medicine, where we have, where we think we know. The most about nutrition, we have the most disease, and we have the highest rates of obesity, and we seem to find the sickest, sickest people.
2: So, just what you were doing is you go to the remote tribes, you bring them Coke, Pepsi, ramen, and <laughs> Snickers bars, and then you see what happens. Is that to have this right?
3: Oh, exactly. We brought suitcases, suitcases with us, and just made them eat it. <laughs> and we brought a scale to see how much weight they gained. But it's <laughs> it's kind
2: of funny because that would obviously be a horrible thing to do, but. The idea that that you've gone through and looked at what the sort of the the most original (laughs) uh, tribe, for lack of a better word, is doing and then doing the compare and contrast is that a common thing in the type of research you're doing? I haven't come across that before.
4: No, I mean, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, it's an observational study, but um, so, I mean, you know, that type of study is common, I think. Yeah, Yeah.
3: to to say what you said, to bring in soda and stuff, it's exactly what we saw, though, and that was one of the things that was so interesting. For example, in Papua New Guinea, they had been completely healthy, and about two years ago, the Coca-Cola factory moved in.
2: Oh, good God.
3: And literally changed their health completely. There had never been cancer. Two years later, they're blaming cancer on something called a betel nut, which is something that they've been eating, chewing, chewing. Um, for it's like, you know, like a chew. Yeah. I've chewed them. Yeah. They've done it for the forever thousands of years, generations, but they're actually attributing the cancer now to that, which obviously is not the case. We know that two years ago, they had never seen white bread. Now their breakfast consists of numerous white rolls and cans of soda.
2: Wow, so, that would get you uh, up in the morning um, for a couple yeah. years.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it's really amazing. I and mean, you see that, that it's the big corporations bringing this food in. And it's an immediate change in the health of the people that live there.
2: That is, that is sad, especially because the changes that happen are hard to reverse. I, I mean, it takes... It takes years. I, I did the better baby book thing because you have more leverage when someone's in the womb to just not screw it up in the first place because fixing is a lot harder than not breaking. So oh, if you have oh. people whose generally societal health is intact from a nutritional perspective and then you break it, it's going to take a lot more work to fix it. And I, I just don't think that knowledge is widespread and and it, it's, it's very sad to hear that that's happening.
0: Yeah,
3: So it, It's always better to prevent because when you glue something back together, it just no is quite the same either. It, it's really hard to do, and it's never perfect. If
2: two years is what it takes to break someone's health with you know the white rolls and soda kind of diet, how long, assuming you have micronutrient sufficiency and you're eating the right foods, how long does it take to fix it? Well, it can be fixed relatively quickly depending on what, what health condition we're talking about. We're talking about hypertension, let's say.
4: You know, we get tons of clients who come in who've got, who've had hypertension for years. They've been on medication. They've been told it's genetic. And they could literally become sufficient in potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Uh, Within two to three months, they could be off their medications and they could have their blood pressure under control. For other conditions like osteoporosis, where we're dealing with bones, where it takes a little bit longer, you know, two years is a a very fast pace to be moving from advanced osteoporosis or even just regular osteoporosis. Through back through osteopenia and into, you know, a non osteoporotic state. So, you know, that's going to be longer periods of time. If you're dealing with other diseases like heart disease, that that can be relatively quickly. Of course, it depends on, on what we're talking about with that condition because there's all kinds of different aspects to heart disease.
3: Yeah, it also depends how long they did deficient for. We always, we always sort of say, like, it's a how, how deficient were they? How bad was the deficiency that they had in the body? And how long have they had that deficiency? It's usually, we always kind to look at it as like swimming backwards. You know, it's, 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 it takes just as long to get healthy as it did to take sick. Yeah. And they're called long latency diseases on purpose because it took a long time to get there. So those might take a little longer to come out as well.
2: I've actually read, and it's been my experience, that it might take twice as long to, yeah. to come back. Like if, if you spent five years eating garbage, <laughs> it might take you 10 years before you're all the way back, but the curve isn't linear. So you get huge benefits in the first like two weeks and then yeah. more in the first three months and then they sort of trickle in after that. Do you see that in your clients or?
3: I think that you usually see them coming back fully within the same amount of time, maybe not to what. The, the science can actually measure, but what the person can feel is they're probably back within the same amount of time. Now, you know, there's still like my bones and still had to strengthen and become better and stronger, and that kind of stuff continues on. But I would think that the person would generally feel the results within the same amount of time.
4: Yeah. And I think that, you know, also, too, a lot of what the research out there may be doing is, again, they're trying to reverse. Where the majority of people are trying to reverse these health conditions with, you know, just for us to half the equation, you know, they're trying to do it just through what they call healthy eating, which is funny. They call it healthy eating because what do they really, con- what do they consider healthier eating? What they're really saying is we're wanting to feed you foods with more of those micronutrients in them, right? We're not eating foods that are, have more carbs, fats, or proteins necessarily. We may play with the ratios there, but at the end of the day, we're trying to find foods that are packed with micronutrients. The key, I think, is, you know, it was easy at one time to identify diseases that came from micronutrient deficiencies. Early disease was always like this, scurvy. We knew what it was, right? We knew, hey, you, you put micronutri- you put vitamin C in, and you're going to reverse that, that, that deficiency disease almost immediately it, because once you become sufficient, you don't have the disease anymore. If you... If you are deficient in vitamin D, you're going to get rickets. That was a, a one deficiency disease, one micronutrient deficiency. But nowadays, we have multiple and it plays almost like an orchestra, you know? I mean, you might be deficient in three. Three of them are typically thought of as being for hypertension, so potassium, uh, calcium and, and magnesium. If you're deficient in those three micronutrients, chances are you're going to have high blood pressure. You you become sufficient in those And that high blood pressure can go down in a matter of weeks.
3: And with the diets being so deficient, I mean, according to that same study that you were talking about with the 27,000 calories that you'd have to be able to eat to be sufficient, those same diets in that same study were over 56%, I think, deficient in their essential vitamins and minerals. So depending on which of those 56% are deficient, uh, that's really going to change what you become, you know, what disease or condition you get. And I think people are kind of shocked because I mean, that's a really good chance that you're creating sufficiencies with your uh, sufficiencies by your diet alone. So when people say they don't need to supplement, and I guess that's one of the reasons that we added this new information on the paleo, and the paleo, and the primal diets into Naked Calories, is because we used to go to lectures, and I think you've probably heard this question come out even on the low carb paleo cruise: "Was, but I'm on a paleo diet, so I don't need to supplement because I'm already eating a better diet than everyone." So what we did is we actually went in and analyzed both um Diane's and Bobo's practical paleo as well as the Primal Blueprint from our publisher Mark Sisson.
2: Oh, you guys are you guys are bad. I can't wait to hear the results here.
3: <laughs> well, I'll let <laughs> <In> general, Jason.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the good news is, the good news is, and as we might have, have hypothesized, um, they did relatively well. They were sufficient in 56% of the 27 essential micronutrients that we looked at, but that still leaves you 44% deficient. I mean, that's nearly half you're deficient in nearly half of the essential micronutrients, they
3: were higher than a lot of the other diets,
4: yeah. They did, but
3: that's still as far as they got you,
4: yeah. It, they still could not. And if you were going to become sufficient in those 27 essential micronutrients for the practical paleo diet, you'd have to eat 17,000 calories. Now, granted, that's a far cry from the 27,575,
2: and they would taste good.
4: I mean, let's face and it, they
2: would taste it. a lot
3: better. Recipes <laughs> rock, okay, yeah. but still, it.
4: and marks, you'd have to eat 14,100. So, again. Um, you're still getting to that point where, you know, obviously, way outside the bounds of what any you know normal human being probably wants to eat. It, you know.
3: Yeah, the primal diet actually required the least amount of calories out of any of the diet programs to become sufficient, although they were still way outside of any reasonable amount. So,
2: when you measure sufficiency here, like, how do you know what sufficient is? Well, good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're psychic. That's what we do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> First of all. A crystal ball with a, uh, a with bacon under it. Told you, right? <laughs>
4: yeah, you know and that's, that's a great question. And in fact, when we really look at what we're calling sufficient, we're really just looking at that minimum level of what people consider to just just get you by. You know, just get you to, so that you're not sick. So we're looking at the RDI. We're we're, we're looking at the RDI numbers and which which. You know, according to the USDA, covers, you know, 95 to 97 percent of the population. Um, are we low on some RDI numbers, like with vitamin D? Yeah, I think we are. I, I think you need between 2,000 and 5,000 IUs of vitamin D daily. But, you know, right now, 400 is what they're giving us on the RDI. So we just measure everything on the RDI. We look at all the micronutrients that are coming in from the foods, according to the USDA's uh, database. And we just kind of, you know, reverse engineer it. If the food, if the micronutrients didn't go in, then we're, you know, we're you obviously, obviously you didn't <laughs> absorb them. Now we're assuming full absorption and we're as, uh, assuming that you, you know, that, you know, oxalic acid and phytic acid and lifestyle and drinking and, you know, and exercise and pollution the and stress. all the micronutrient depleters are not playing a role. We're just looking at it from the straight, you know, addition column of the micronutrient sufficiency um you know, equation. Obviously, if you add all those other things into into it, then it becomes much more likely that you're going to fall even further deficient. But you know, we don't. You know, we do go into that in the book, and we talk about those uh, how we now need to subtract micronutrients from from your daily life, and that's why we're such big believers in a properly formulated multivitamin. I mean, you know, it really is going to fill the gap between where your good diet leaves off and where sufficiency is is actually met.
2: I, I, I hear that. Over and over, people saying, Well, I get all my vitamins from my food, which is like, it's almost like, Well, you know, I go for a long run every day. I'm a good person, which actually that's, yeah. that might not even be good for you. And then I get all my nutrition from my food. I'm a good person. And it doesn't make any sense because it just, I've looked at, I don't know, a thousand people one on one and said, It's great that you get all your nutrients from your food. To match that, you should get all of your toxins from Mother Nature. So you work on that end and then get all your nutrients from your food and they realize, what well, I'm swimming in BPA and fossil fuels right. and you know all the, the stuff they shouldn't. So that was actually why I asked you in the first place, how do you know what micronutrient sufficiency is? Because we're swimming in a toxic soup that we never did swim in and you need things like folinic acid and B vitamins and amino acids and even vitamin C or glutathione in levels mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't before.
3: And actually that's another area that we actually added in because – We talk a lot about these EMDs or everyday micronutrient depletors that you come to contact with. And Jason mentioned a lot of stress exercise. But one thing we didn't talk about was just the toxins. So we added that in as another EMD to be weary of. And we actually go into exactly which micronutrients uh, you need in order to prevent toxicity. So we tell you exactly which micronutrients will help you with lead. Which was help you with arsenic, which was help you with mercury. When you start looking at them, it's really kind of amazing because you know we have so much toxic load, and you you know you're hardly getting enough to already, and then all these industries come on, and you have the toxins again, even pulling even more of these micronutrients out. And it's really kind of interesting because sometimes if some minerals are deficient, then it actually makes you increase the absorption of toxins. That's a crazy fact. So, for example. Um how does that work? If basically well vitamin D usually increases the absorption of calcium, magnesium, and zinc. But if those many of those minerals are deficient, then vitamin D will actually work to increase the absorption of lead.
4: So so wow. what, what it really comes down to, and again, another kind of um, aspect of micronutrients, well, most people don't know anything about micronutrients, but the things, the little bit that they do know, they don't realize that they're your body's natural detoxifiers. That's what we talk about if yeah. you're in selenium, you don't have to worry about mercury in your fish as much as an individual who's deficient, and that goes across the board. So it's just another thing. The more we dig in, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of um, Bruce and Ames. And he's you know uh, over at Berkeley, he's has yeah. he's so much knowledge on micronutrients. You know, I, I email him all the time back and forth, asking, still asking him questions. Um, and you know, what we're finding is that these micronutrient deficiencies are just at the heart of almost every single health condition and disease that we're facing today. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's why we're so passionate about it. We just want you to become sufficient in those micronutrients. We want you to use the three steps. And if you do become sufficient in the micronutrients, you have such a better chance in the diseases that we're all afraid to get. I mean, we're all getting older. As you get into our 40s and our 50s, we start thinking to ourselves, you know, you know, when's the other shoe going to drop? What disease am I going to get? The realization is you don't have to get a disease, but you better be sufficient in your micronutrients or, or there's a good chance you will get one.
2: This is something that I've I've believed for uh, more than a decade. I, I have this domain I registered years ago, like vitamintests.com or, or something similar to that, because I, I was looking for ways to do this, and, and I did a, a pretty exhaustive look at what you could do ten years ago, in order to know what your your intra and intercellular levels were. You know, you can look at urinary exc- excretion of minerals and organic acids. And even today, you could drop $20,000 trying to figure out if your body was micronutrient sufficient and probably still miss on some pieces of data that you could get. So like, okay, if I want to – I want to go out there and invest in getting the data so I can optimize my micronutrient status – where do I go? Like, what do I do? What kind of testing can the average person afford? I mean, I I can't afford $20,000 on testing, to be perfectly honest, but I would spend $1,000 to know where I was once a year as part of, you know, my anti-health insurance plan.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of biohackers out there that love to get into the numbers. And quite frankly. Uh, we, we look at it uh, from, a, from a different perspective. We look at it like, you know we could go take the measurements and you could they could give me the snapshot from my hair or my blood or however kind of testing they may want to do uh, on the micronutrients. First of all, most of those tests aren't necessarily a full gamut of tests, but you know as far as, as, far as all the micronutrients. but why don't we just do it the other way? Why don't we do it maybe what's, what seems like the easier way? Let's just look at what micronutrients are going in. And if, if, you're, if, enough, if enough are not going in based on what you're eating, and it's not very hard to sit down and say, I ate, you know, what, four ounces of this and five ounces of this, measure it out. I mean, if you're going to spend the time anyway, it's not very difficult to see what, exactly what you're eating over a three to five day period and really just dig deep. Look at what micronutrients are in the foods that you've just eaten and compare that with what the minimum levels are that supposedly we need in order to meet minimum health requirements. And if they're not coming up to par in a majority of the areas, I, I, it doesn't matter what those tests say. You're going to be deficient. And then, like I said, then you add in all those other micro, every day micronutrient depleters. And if you don't know what those things are doing, just subtract about another 30, 30 to forty percent.
2: Jason Amira, I mean, I I love you guys, but that sounds a bit like voodoo, because, <laughs> I mean, I, I just did a piece about kale. And depending on which species of kale, one of them has three times more oxalic acid than the other. Depending on the soil quality, where I've been spending a lot of my research efforts lately, if your soil is intact and has intact microorganisms and isn't sprayed with Roundup, the amount of minerals and vitamins in your food can vary by up to 10x. And the availability of those things may change dramatically depending on whether they're chelated uh, or um, bound to – other stuff that's that's in the food. So how do you know that the spinach grew in high iron soil versus low iron soil? Like, like aren't those well, tables mystic?
3: Those tables are crazy. The USDA tables, first of all. So this okay. is the best. This is the best stuff you can use, and yet it's still nuts because we know we've looked at the studies. Also, there's a huge range of spinach out there. There's a huge range of beef out there. Yeah, but. And that's the crazy thing. I mean, depending on what part of the country is, your soil might be void of one mineral or something altogether. So you're really, I mean, your chances of getting the good piece of every type of food, it's minimal. What they've done is they've averaged it out in cross-country testing, and that's where those numbers come from, that the USDA uses. So they're they're basically trying to give you the best average sampling they can. So, so you'll
2: yeah. probably beat those numbers if you're shopping at your local farmer's market. You you
4: could um, beat those mar- those numbers if you're shopping at the farmer's market. There's a good chance of it. But, we
3: but again, it really to comes growers to growers also, and they might not be doing the right nutrients. Uh, based yeah. For the, you know.
2: It looks like <laughs> food, but it doesn't it doesn't perform like food when it's higher. Hydro- yeah.
3: yeah. So it's you know. <laughs> It's a, a lot of times, you know, farmer's market is great. We were there recently. We even asked the farmer about our zucchini and if it was GMO and they <laughs> didn't even know what that meant.
2: Yeah.
3: So I didn't buy from him, this to say. But um, yeah, it's... it's you're, you're not going to get the best quality and everything unless you're maybe growing it yourself and you're doing all of the soil depletion and you're actually studying all this and putting the micro, like everything and getting all that bacteria and I, everything perfect.
2: I'm starting to do that. Like, I, I'm shopping for a place where I can grow my own food in enough quantity, like at least 10 acres.
3: And coming over for dinner.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. But, like, I, I've decided that, you know, I, I am a biohacker, and I like to have fun with this stuff. And I think it all starts with the soil and the water. And so, I want to have a place where I can control those. And uh, particularly since I have young kids, uh, I like the idea of them going outside and shoveling for three or four hours. <laughs> yeah. So, ha- having having a garden is going to be good. <laughs> uh,
4: absolutely, no. I mean, it's it's that's exactly that's what you know that's what we would strive to do as well. I mean, if we had the time and you know, one of these days when we get back to having our own time again, yeah. that's something we want to do as well. But then, you know, then you got the other side of it. We're always on the road. And so, you know, we know <laughs> what we're doing, but guess what? The hotel I'm staying at next week and the one yeah. I just got back from yesterday and the airplane that I just flew on, you know, I have to live in the real world. So, yep. you know, always, I always that's prefer to err to, to on the side of, you know what? Just assume the deficiency and work forward.
2: I travel with a bag, actually three bags a day of vitamins, like three crack baggies, good size ones. Yeah. Where you know, there's the stuff that absorbs when you wake up on an empty stomach. There's stuff that absorbs with a meal, and stuff that helps you sleep better. And it's on the road. It's twice as big as it is at home in order to help account for that. So uh, I, I don't think I'll ever stop supplementing. And the the biggest risk for the things that I've selected is that I might have expensive urine.
3: Exactly. And see, that would be horrible, really. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's <laughs> tragedy.
3: <laughs> if that's the worst that happens to you.
2: Yeah.
4: Still cheaper than the $20,000 test, right?
2: Well, well let's, let's talk... It is. Well, let's talk about some of the other risks. Are there risks from supplementation? I mean, we know too much vitamin A and, and some of the fat-soluble ones, there's risks. But I hear occasionally doctors like... The one, my f- former family physician from 15 years ago, uh, who said, stop taking three grams of vitamin C a day. It could kill you, like with alarm in his voice. Yeah. Um, okay, that was BS. But what vitamins should people maybe be concerned about over supplementing? Well, I
4: mean, I, iron. iron probably. You know, yeah. I think, I, I was, I'm not positive, so don't quote me on this, but I think that there's only been one real... Condition reported to the to the FDA about about vitamins, and I think it was a child overdosing on an iron supplement yes. that he got into. Just took the whole thing. Yeah. So you know, one one death from vitamins. So there there you go. Now, of course, any of the fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, could become toxic if you, you way overdosed it. Obviously, not necessarily in food, because when we're dealing with the oils, like the the different. Um, yeah, right. Cod liver oils that are going to have high amounts of vitamin A, they're also going to contain vitamin D, which is a natural competitor. So food naturally balances. It's almost, it's almost impossible. In fact, I think it would be impossible to overdose on a micronutrient by eating food. And when we supplement supplementing individual supplements, iron would be my biggest risk factor followed by maybe vitamin A. Uh,
2: that, that matches uh, the research I've done. I've noticed in my, my coaching clients, the ones who eat a lot of red meat, and I'm a proponent of red meat, particularly for the fat that comes with it, you're not lean red meat but fatty red meat, um, that they— good
3: quality fat.
2: Yeah, you want the, the quality <laughs> fat even just to help digest the protein. But um, if they're doing it excessively, uh, they will get high ferritin. And you know, donating blood is a great way to deal with that. But if you're supplementing with iron on top of eating a paleo-style diet or a bulletproof diet— uh, or any of the high-nutrient-density diets, I think you do run the risk of having high ferritin, and high ferritin is correlated with some, actually a lot of markers of yeah. aging. So giving blood is something I recommend that everyone do anyway.
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's another reason why we did put iron. It's one of the many reasons why we didn't put iron into nutrients. Um, iron also, what people probably might not understand is iron has 10 natural competitions. Yes. Yeah. It actually has, it actually has a negative effect, or has ten competitions with other micronutrients.
2: When you put it in nutrients, uh, for for people listening, um, yeah. not only are we talking about your book, you guys have a multivitamin that is is excessively carefully formulated. I would say. <laughs> and it's it's called nutrients, uh, n u t r i e n c e. Uh, not just like nutrients, so that there wasn't confusion get that, when people man. listen. <laughs> yeah, just just so people uh, on the radio driving uh, when they hear this, uh, they'll they'll understand. And you guys really went into this. Yeah, well, we're you know it's really our baby. You know, this is this is what this
4: is the formulation that we use to reverse mirror's advanced osteoporosis, and it's and it, and it is a labor eleven. It's all we're always improving it. In so. Fact. In fact, you are directly responsible for our latest our ingredient. latest improvement. Did you um, pull
2: folic acid out? Tell me you did. We did. And uh, okay, up. now I can recommend this without reservation. Thank you. Oh. Okay, we uh, got to talk.
3: The only reason we are hesitating is because uh, we do have a lot of people overseas that take it. Yeah. And it's not yet...
2: Approved, approved in the EU
4: and Australia, but that's okay. But we
3: decided that it was worth
4: it. Yeah, we decided <laughs> that you know our main goal with creating nutrients was to create a formula that would help people absorb the most amount of micronutrients. And I can't, I couldn't make an argument against the fact that at least ten percent of the population don't have the gene to be able to convert folic acid into the usable form. Yeah, and and then another thirty percent or so had a hard time with it. So even if we gave half of that, I'm still talking about twenty five percent of the population would have poor absorption rates, and that wasn't our that ultimate goal. That wasn't okay goal. with us. So, so, guys,
2: the, the reason that I haven't been recommending it uh, on the, the site was because of that, and we talked about this on Low Carb Cruise, and I was worried oh. that 25% of people, thank you for making uh, what I, I would say is a great call on that, so I, I will uh, I will do a write-up on, on nutrients on the site um, in the next, I don't know how, how quickly, but um, because I, I was totally impressed with, with the way you think and the way you formulated this thing. Uh, and i'm also a perfectionist from from that perspective so you nailed it thank you like this is this is huge
3: yeah basically for people who don't know what we what we what we spent so much of our time studying was the natural competitions or the antagonistic relationships with, between all of the micronutrients so it's just like little kids who start yelling at each other it doesn't help to say stop yelling you literally have to take one and put them in one part of the room and put one in another room before they stop. So that's what we did with the vitamins. We put some into an AM formula and some into a PM formula. And we were able to cancel out all of the micronutrient competitions as well as match a lot, whole lot of synergies, which give it added, added um, utilization and absorption benefits. So, so for people listening,
2: for more than a decade, I have a a stack of vitamin bottles that I take in the morning and a stack of vitamin bottles that I take at night because this anti-competition technology, great, great uh, name, by the way, for that. Uh, like it's real, like your minerals come in better in the, in the evening and things like that. And most people don't know about it. So like, there are probably 50,000 little decisions that you make when you're formulating a multivitamin like this. And most multivitamins on the market, um, completely ignore all of them. Like There's quality issues with uh, with what goes into them. The ratios are off. The timing's off. And the number one thing uh, that people look at, and I know because I've, I've done the, the analysis of this in business school, is how many pills a day do I have to take? So you wanted to put enough magnesium in there, but you didn't want to have six pills, so you threw out the magnesium, which threw off the balance. So tell people the way you guys went about. Uh, solving that I don't want to take too many pills kind of problem.
4: Yeah. Well, we made it into a powder. You know, that was the... That was the big thing. Oh, with, to get it in. <laughs> with pills, you've got binders, fillers, excipients. You know how they're all done. Yeah. And you know the manufacturers, they're telling you to throw things in there. And and if somebody listening now says, well, wait a minute, my multivitamin is complete. No, it's not. Go look at it right now. Pull it off the it's shelf. I'll the tell show. you right now, you do not have 400 milligrams of magnesium in there or 200 yeah, milligrams of calcium or 2,000 IUs of vitamin D or you 6 milligrams yeah. of lutein or vitamin k one and vitamin K2. So what they can do is if they do want investigative work, they can go right to our website. We've got a free quiz on there. I think it's 12 or 13 questions. They can just, we'll ask them different things about their multivitamins called the ABC stack-up quiz right on the main page. Um, and we'll give them an evaluation of their multivitamin based on what we call the ABCs of optimal supplementation guidelines, which evaluates absorbency, beneficial quantities, competition, and synergy characteristics of their multivitamin. And then we'll compare that with nutrients as well, so they can get a pretty clear picture of where their multivitamin may be doing very well, but then where it may be weak, you know, too.
2: This is uh, this is cool stuff. Uh, I, I want to chat with you guys and look through the new formula uh, one last time, but I'd, I'd be interested in helping more people find a good quality multivitamin. For for a very long time, I've actually said don't really take multivitamins. I used to do it, but you couldn't you couldn't control the ratios, and I never found one that really kind of met the standards. And yours was the closest.
3: Well, there you go. We also, yeah. just so you know, we added in MK4, MK7, um, both in this one as well, because okay. all the research was having great yeah. benefits for both. So yeah, yeah we, we're really just we're fine tuning.
2: All right. Well, this is this is exciting news. I, I always kind of like, I, I have great respect for the work you've done. Uh, and I, I was always like, man, this folic acid thing, I am one of the 10% with a genetic um, mutation where I don't handle folic acid very well. And, you know, throwing it in food all willy-nilly uh, for, it seems like for a quarter of the population, it's not serving them. Uh, the other three quarters, it might be. But uh, so personally, I, I was... I was concerned about that. Brought it up, and the fact that you guys, you know, changed the formula, I that really, um, I really respect that. And it's uh, oh, this is super cool. So I, I'm going to start uh, start taking it, and uh, we'll we'll see how I, how I do on it. But I'm I'm really pleased. And if you're listening to this, you can tell we we don't plan these ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just talking. But man, I'm excited.
3: We hadn't seen you in
2: like a month that
4: we forgot to tell you. So we wanted to make sure to yeah, let you know. you know. In all reality, and I'll be honest, here, when we were talking as friends you know, here now, but it was really you asking me that question again. And the fact that I respect you as much as I do, Amira as well respects you as much, we both respect you. And I really took a hard look at it. And I, quite frankly, I probably wouldn't have changed it as quickly had it not been for you. So we're we're well, we're you. just really thankful for that. You did that, and that you're
2: excited about Constant it. Constant
3: honesty from friends. Yeah, that's
4: what we need sometimes. You know.
2: Well, uh, I, well. I you, you guys have certainly you'd already earned my respect, but uh, just it takes a lot of integrity to to do that. And I doubt it changed your cost that much, but it probably, in fact, not probably. I know because I, I formulate vitamins making a change in a manufacturing process of something as complex as a multivitamin like that, it, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes,
3: it is. <laughs> yeah, yes.
4: yes, And you've got to get special permission. You know, Merck makes this uh, particular type that we're going to be utilizing. Uh, you've got to be, you've got to get special permission. And, and even though it didn't change the price point, we were able to hold the price point on it. it it's probably the most expensive ingredient in
2: the formulation. Wow. Well, respect. It's it's yeah. worth it. So um, I'm sure people are interested in this. Uh, where can they try your cool new multivitamin? Well, listen, what
4: we'll do is—well, um, we want all your people to be able to try it if they'd like it. So we've got—we'll do two different things. You, they can go right to the website um, and— What's that?
3: Media at cultnutrition.com. Shoot us an email.
4: Shoot us an email. Let us know that you'd like to try a sample. We know we've got two types. We have what we call the original, which is flavored with natural flavors sprayed on non-GMO bases from, you know, so it's, it's we've really done the homework on this. Um, and then we use stevia. Or for the purists, we have just what we call the Nutrient Natural, which has no flavor and no sweetener, and you can add your own or just drink it straight like the hardcore people do. Let us know what time you'd like to try it or if you'd like to try it both, and we'll send you a free sample uh, out to you. We won't even charge you shipping and handling; we'll be happy to take on that cost. And so
3: email it at media, M-E-D-I-A, at calton, C-A-L-T-O-N, nutrition.com. That's the best way to, to do that, and we'll make sure to get those samples out to people.
2: All right, so here's a question. Uh, I have a four year old and a six year old, and yeah. my my son, who's four, is like, he's like, "Look, Daddy, I can take six pills at one time." Of course, they're like <laughs> vitamin C or like glutamine or something. We're very careful around around that, but you know, yeah. for him, it's a question of like being an adult because he might have seen me take twenty five at a time. Uh, so, I to
3: be just like Daddy when I grow up. Yeah,
2: I'm like, you don't need to take that many. You're four, but. A lot of kids won't take any vitamins, and being in a powder format is awesome. But I also know from you know being involved with vitamins that pretty much you cut your legal risk dramatically if you say you know do not use if you're alive on your label, uh, and certainly yeah. if you're under 18, et cetera, et cetera. Can I give like a quarter packet of nutrients to my kids? Can you well, answer that on the air, or should you say, yeah. let me talk yeah. to my attorney? I would respect that answer just fine. So,
3: well, <laughs> no, listen, it's we, actually we, on the side of the box.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I talked to Bruce Ames about this as well because yeah. I, I, I I wanted to make sure that I um, covered our bases, covered my base <laughs> as well. But um, and and I asked him the specific question: Is there anything in the in the multivitamin the way it's formulated now that that he would think could not be given to a child over the age of four? Um, and he replied, absolutely not. Um, so we do we do think that you could use a full packet for children over the age of four, half packets for under. Because
3: they're not mega doses, it's safe for four and older.
4: Yeah, maybe we should state yeah, that as well. Because we
3: don't mega dose in the, in the micronutrient formulation at all, it's actually safe for four and older. And we have a cool, cool thing that we've been doing for our nieces. Um, basically, we started buying the uh, grass-fed gelatin, great. the Great Lakes.
2: Have you and- tried my... Collagen, which totally tastes better, because I could
1: tell you some no, secrets about Great yeah. Lakes. <laughs>
3: no, we're gonna make Jello together. Oh, let's
1: do that. Yeah.
3: We've been making Jello. Oh yeah. And um, we also make the take it and make it into gummy. gummies. Oh wow! See, I, have, I, love um, them. I have gummy molds. I and so does them. Mira loves them. <laughs> Mira. <laughs> Auntie Mira likes the gummy ones too. Oh, we totally! That what
2: a great idea! All right, so okay. gummy okay. vitamins. Um, I'll, uh, I'll even send you some collagen if you want. But ah. yeah, there, it it turns out that uh, some of the collagen on the market. It, it took me like a year to formulate uh, my hydrolyzed collagen stuff from grass fed cows, um, but some of the stuff out there is like bulk, uh, odd lot kind of purchase stuff. Yeah, uh, and so what you get each time varies pretty greatly. Um, so uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to to give you the hydrolyzed stuff that absorbs quickly, and it does uh, it does form jello.
4: Okay, cool. Um, depending on like
2: yeah, the, yeah, the mesh size, right. it's, it's, yeah, the whole collagen thing is kind of an amazing, uh, amazing supplement in and of itself. It yeah, is. we're going
3: to be coming out with a, um, a cookbook of just jello, working actually with, um, Elliot, Saving Dinner.
2: Oh, I totally uh, want to like, like hook up with you guys on that because well, like, I have the we're best have collagen on the planet. Jello's, it's a jello and gummy cookbook. Oh my God. <laughs> that's awesome.
3: You can come in on it. Yeah,
2: we'll get your collagen okay. in. It. Red
3: Rover, Red Rover. Yeah, let's,
2: let's talk about that. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited um, because I honestly think that as a protein source, collagen might be one of the most important things uh, because of what it does for electron flow in the skin and skin hydration, not not even just the formation of connective protein tissues, but to allow like the free movement of liquids. So giving collagen to your kids when collagen is the formation of or is the the scaffolding for the formation of bones as they're growing and all, I think you're going to have like healthier kids for life. So like go forward with your gummy cookbook. Let's make, you know, Knox blocks, but made with healthy collagen, like become something kids eat again. Wow. What a cool thing.
3: Exactly. My sister said to me, and, They're picky. They're never going to eat them. And I'm like, they will eat them, and they will like them, and I'm going to give them to them, and you're not going to be anywhere near me when I do. Because if you make a face, they're not going to like them. (laughs) So I went over, and I brought a whole bunch of gummy bears, and I made them into little soldiers and little fun shapes So I got a bunch of molds. And the taste of the first one, totally loved it. She came back, and she's like, see? And I'm I'm like, they liked them. She's like, well, see, they always say that. They'll eat one. And then they'll never eat another one. They'll just like it one day. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I did it again. And I proved her wrong.
2: <laughs> oh, this is – I totally didn't think we were going to talk about anything yeah, like this. they love here.
3: these things.
2: Oh, how, how neat. All right. This, this is even cooler. So we're going to be able to make our own gummy vitamins in whatever your kid's favorite shape is and flavor yeah. them however you want. Um, okay, here we go. Coffee-flavored gummies. I'm kidding. <laughs> but – there is a question here. One of the things that I've made that my kids like, and in the morning they're allowed to have like a tablespoon of coffee, is I'll mix um, the upgraded collagen with coconut milk or even I'll blend it with butter and collagen and then I'll let it sit in the fridge. And it's like because it has the fat in it, it's mm-hmm. more kind of like a creamy like pudding-ish sort of thing, but it's, it's gelatinized a little bit more. Is there a need, and I was going to ask you this earlier, I, I've seen nutrients just poured in water and it works fine, but if I put it in a smoothie, is putting like the upgraded MCT oil or coconut milk or butter or, or some kind of fat, is that a good idea or have you accounted for the fat solubility of the vitamin D and vitamin K and all that?
3: Well, bravo questions from you here today. Yeah, We absolutely have even on the side of the box. It actually says to take your AM and your PM with a fat source. You're right.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. MCT would be phenomenal. You know, when you get into butter, now, some people may use a lot of butter. And there's no problem with using a lot of butter. But butter is going to contain some micronutrients, especially grass-fed
0: butter. So we'd
4: much prefer you to use something like an MCT oil um, coconut, oil. coconut oil; those would be better oils. I mean, butter isn't going to kill you once in a while, so that's fine too. But you want a fat source, and you mentioned exactly why, because those fat soluble vitamins, you know,
3: need oh. that fat to help yeah. absorption. You. We You're- do put some oil into the
2: gummies. Oh, there you go. Okay, so a little bit in there because it, it seems to make them more palatable anyway. But it, that's an interesting point. You're concerned that there are micronutrients in the butter; that there are micronutrients. And that those would interfere with the absorption of the other micronutrients in, in the balance that you've created.
3: Right. That's why we don't let people take them within thirty
2: minutes of their food. So you wouldn't mix it with your breakfast. But interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm now wondering. Uh, you would get if you're making normal bulletproof coffee. The way I've I've been making it lately is, you know, I use two tablespoons of butter. And I use a tablespoon of Brain Octane, which is like a, a purer form of MCT. Um, it's just the C8. Yeah. A, and when when I do that, like it, it's amazing, but it does have some micronutrients. I was just thinking I could dump nutrients in there if it didn't ruin like the creamy flavor of the coffee. I, I, I don't know. You tried it
3: already. Oh,
2: oh, how is it in Bulletproof Coffee? Like is it is it good well, or is it not, not a flavor you should do?
3: You know, <laughs> I, we need
4: some experimenting. Um, you
3: play with that. There's <laughs> no, a
2: no <laughs>
4: I don't know why it would change the flavor because it really takes on, uh, you know, it almost takes on the flavor of anything. I've tried it in the coffee. I'm going to have to play with it. All um, right,
2: that that sounds like it's probably not an obvious move, but I'll play with it as well. I, I need uh, to get a case ah. of the stuff from you, and I'll I'll try it for a few months and I'll look at my wellness FX results and uh, and see how see how it does. But man, what an exciting an exciting call! I did not think that we were going to go down that path. So, what what good news?
3: Wow. So we're, we're thrilled. We're we're very excited, and I'm so happy you have the collagen because then you can um, come and cook with us.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, have a I,
3: cooking I, with the collagens and I Bulletproof. It'll be fun.
2: That would be incredible. Um, and after the show, I'll make sure I I uh, ship you some of the the upgraded collagen because it's it, finding the source for that stuff was really hard. You, you wouldn't believe this, but China acquired almost every animal skin from South America where the grass fed skins are mostly for leather. So there's kind of a shortage of grass-fed collagen. It's made from the skin of the animals where there's a ton of good quality collagen instead of like boiling down like knuckles and hooves, which is how most collagen is made. And it requires refrigeration on site, whereas making leather just requires you to throw the animal skins in a big pile and do something. If they stink, it doesn't matter. You're going to clean them later. So like I, I just found it to be like, why does it have to be so hard just to get good quality collagen? So uh, yeah, it'll it'll be really cool to to play with this stuff, and uh, if we need something that's super gummy, I can work with my formulator on like the extra gummy collagen. Some of that stuff is like really gummy. So um, this, yeah,
3: this the extra gummy it, it works
2: the best for the gummy, gummy bears. All right, <laughs> nice. Well, we're we're at towards the end of our time, but Bye. there's a question. I always ask people, and I've asked you this question before on the show, but I'm going to ask you again, and this time I want different answers. <laughs> so the question is, the top three recommendations that you would make for people for, for being more bulletproof, just for kicking more ass. It doesn't have to be, you know, just vitamins or nutrition or anything else. You remember last time you said, be true to yourself. You know, you, are, you eat and find someone to love. Give me some more, some more hints here.
3: God, love just keeps coming back. Um, you know, try to help others.
2: Uh, service to others, cool.
3: Service to others, definitely. You know, it really is. The more you put out there, the more the, the more the world will offer to you. And always say yes. Um, maybe that's not something you want to teach your teen, teenage daughter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> teach that in a different way. I mean, be open to anything that the world puts in front of you. Don't close your don't close your eyes to the world's possibilities and um goodness what's another one learn what's in your food we are gonna have to just say it I mean, you know learn learn where your food's coming from what's the what ingredients in it and then try to upgrade it
2: i i love that and jason last time you said your micronutrients and yeah. travel and don't get stuck in a bubble and find someone to love and you guys certainly have done that with each other tell me some more
4: well, I mean, I think we kind of demonstrated one aspect, you know, rethink everything <laughs> all the time. You may think, you know, or you've got your everything down the way you, you want it. But, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, somebody comes along and, you know, gives me an opposite answer. And this is something that happened early in my career. I was I was thankfully very successful early in my career. And I surrounded myself with what I later realized was a bunch of yes people, which means I would walk in and I would give a brilliant idea or I thought it was a brilliant idea and everybody would just say, yeah. And later when I met Mira, I realized that (laughs) I was probably wrong about 80% of the time. And I wish I would have known that before. So rethink everything. Um, I think also work, you know, if you're not working with your spouse in some way and and, and you have a meaningful relationship, (laughs) consider that as well, because, I think a lot of people they get they kind of they get shot off in their own direction, and I think working together is something that a lot of people don't think about doing. But you know, Mira and I have been doing it, and it's just a hugely rewarding. Um, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be me if I didn't say micronutrient sufficiency, micronutrient sufficiency, <laughs> micronutrient
2: sufficiency.
3: And for anyone who knows him, that's what he says all the
2: time. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of imagine that you try and say that while you're brushing your teeth, like Mark.
3: It's a fun drinking game that people play when they're with him. (laughs) Nice.
2: Okay, last question. If I take nutrients and I put it in a shot of vodka, is that good?
3: (laughs) I will say that we've seen people do it.
2: (laughs) Tastes good to me.
3: (laughs) We recommend the original flavor? No. You know, that's where that question goes.
2: (laughs) Well, um, I look forward to creating the vodka gummy nutrients chewy. Yeah, oh.
3: you know they have those. Did you jello shots in college campuses? We'll <laughs> take them by storm. We just got a lot healthier. <laughs> uh,
2: on that note, uh, Jason Mira, it, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to hang out with you guys, whether it's on a podcast or or in person. I think we'll see each other in in Tampa in another few months. But uh, after the show, I'll make sure. To put up the links so people can get just an envelope with a couple packets of nutrients to to try it out. And just appreciate the integrity that you have in in you know constantly upgrading and improving uh, what you're doing. It, so and respect.
3: Oh thank you so much. Thank we're you, we're Dave. really excited to be back and to be working with you on some fun projects. So yeah. cool.
4: very cool. Absolutely. If they if they people do want to try nutrients yeah. by itself, we'll even put a coupon code out there, easy to remember. Just type in bulletproof. All right. And we will get them a $10 off, uh, off their order for nutrients.
3: All caps.
2: All caps. Bulletproof. You guys are awesome. And for everyone listening here, uh, I'm, I'm not taking a cut of that. I, this is a pretty cool thing. And I had I had no clue that that they made the last change that, that was kind of blocking my, my recommendation here. So this is just for you guys who are listening. Um, Jason, Mira, thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Cool. Right, thanks brother. so much. Talk to you later. All right.
0: Bye. Bye. A human upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey.